And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, we are back in full swing and ready to go at it again because we have a pay-per-view coming up this week after having the first show by the UFC to start off the year of 2024. We both enjoyed it, so it was a good start to the year. Let's hope the year continues to move in the right direction. How you doing? I'm doing it's good. It's freezing where I'm at. <laughs> it's freezing here, too. I actually flew home early from uh, California because I wanted to get here to make sure if it was too cold and pipes started busting that I was here and I didn't come home, my house was flooded. Uh, so far, so far, so good. Fingers crossed. Um it really just came down like my master shower froze, but the water, the tankless water heater is on the outside of the fucking house. It's only protected by like a thin piece of, t- of aluminum, basically. <laughs> I've never no seen no idea. No a idea. tankless water heater put on the outside. No idea why. Never. It's it's built into the wall, but all that's in front of it, John, is like kid you not, like a little piece of like tin. That's it. Like it's all in front. I was like, so I don't know if I need to figure out a way to insulate it next year or something, but. Cause that goes right into my master, which is right next to that tankless water heater. So that part froze the rest of the faucets all worked in the house. Just that one didn't work. And the rest of them were all a slow drip of the hot water. The cold water was fine, but we're get, I got it fixed. And, uh, yeah, I basically put a space heater in front of my master shower for about an hour and a half. And next I just he- heated up the wall. As soon as the wall got yep. warm, it started working. So see John, I'm, I'm pretty Oh, I you're so handy. It. I can do it. I can do it. Here, here you want to hear unhandy? Let Dang. me give you a little unhandy here. Because, you know, I've been building this Barnuminium thing. And it's just been a disaster. In Going so on many three years now, ways. right? Holy shit, it seems like. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is the second winter I've been living in an RV, and I am freezing my goddamn ass off. But, you know, I've, I went and I bought a propane tank because the gas i mean the heat for the house i have to keep it on because of the walls with the drywall and everything and the wood because it gets acclimated but you know i've kept on you know the people that i had working at a certain point that are gone now but we kept on saying hey man you got to seal the house 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 because you know the front door is there but it's not put on the right way and it needs you know all the trimming and everything to finish it off and everything and the same with, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So when I got the propane tank, filled the propane tank, you know, when you're talking about 500 gallons, they probably put in like 420, right? Yeah, it's gone. Two and a half months, gone. Yep, wow. gone. That's a lot. So I have a frozen house up there. I can't do any work in it because it's too damn cold. I can't get any propane because everyone's like, oh, you should have known that when it was down to 30%. Well, the last damn tank I had that was 500 gallons would last me for a year and wow. two and a half months. Wow. What'd you, run, what'd you run around full power the whole time? God, no, man. I had it at 61 degrees just trying to keep the house at a certain point so I, you could work in it. Yep. That's what happens when, the, as they say, the money is going right out the roof. <laughs> That's what happens when you have those vaulted ceilings. What are they, 25? 25 foot ceilings? Yep. 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 
Must be nice to be made of money. Money bags. Yep. Money bags. We're, talk, we're talking. We're talking fireplace and country stove oh, from now on, baby. Jeez, man. Ah, oh, that's gotta suck. You have you have drywall and insulation up now, or no? Yeah. So that's all up. Is the roof, the ceiling fixed? Up. No. Yeah. The roof is on, but the ceiling is not. The ceiling is tongue and groove, and that needs to be put up. There's insulation there, but. You know, all that heat is just going right out yeah. the damn insulation through the, you know, it's like, yeah. damn, pissing me off. Damn. Do you have a, I uh, need to do, I need to do a podcast just so I can not think about getting pissed do off. Do you have a scissor that. lift to get you up that high? Yes, I do. Oh, and that's costing you money, right? To rent or do you own it? No, I, I own it. Oh, that's Mr. I, I forgot who I was talking to. Ooh, got all the, <laughs> got all the expensive stuff. Hey, if you're good, look, I had, I have a, Big ass garage with big yeah. ass single ceiling. So the one thing I said is, you know, eventually when I find one at the right price, yeah, I'm gonna just buy myself a scissor lift. So I have, so I have an old scissor lift. It gets me up and it gets me down, and yeah. so I do have it. But man, it's cold to the top. I've got 15 foot ceilings in my house, and I can tell you when the heat's on, the heat doesn't really feel like it's on. <laughs> it's yeah. I gotta turn the like in California, right? I had a little bit lower ceilings, and I would turn the heat on. And it would, um, it, yeah, and it would just, it would heat up the house pretty quick. And it was, I had to keep it on like 68 to 69 at the, at the highest because it was, I start sweating. Shit, this house, I got to have it on like 74, 75. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise the heat never makes it down to where I stand. Like, I'm it's only, you know. A little, it gets a little colder where you're at Yeah, right yeah now I'm down here. The fucking too. heat's way up here. I'm like, hey, come on yeah. down here, buddy. So. That's why you got to have the fans up there to bring that heat I down. I do. I do. I have one of those big industrial fans in my main yeah. living room, so. Uh, but it's been it's been an experience uh, dealing with the cold. It gives me flashbacks of when I was living in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Kinda, but I didn't. We didn't, I didn't have. I don't think there was tankless water heaters back then when I was living back in. What, was there tankless water there heaters was. back in like ninety six, ninety eight? No. no, no, not really. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. I had never heard of them until probably about eight years ago or something like that. Yeah, somewhere around two thousand five. Oh, I think really? They started coming okay, out. Okay, okay. Yeah. Two thousand ten, they got popular. <laughs> got it. Got it. Well, John, we've got a lot to talk about, man. There's this, oh. this, there's the Bellators, oh. there's this, all this stuff going on. I'm also hearing that Bellator and PFL are about to announce like probably their next two to three cards coming up. They're trying to get it all organized, trying to, trying to lay the lay of the land out for all That's the fans. That's what they should do. That, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, get it. If there was one thing that the old Bellator did that used to drive me crazy mm-hmm. is they would hold on to these cards and not put them out there until yeah, one month away. And it's like, no, yeah, get people excited about things. Let them know all that stuff. No, yeah, let no, it marinate. No. Yeah, you know that's what and that's why the meat tastes so good when you finally get to it because it's been marinated. Thank you. Gotta let you. That meat, you gotta let that meat marinate. Just shows you you're a chef. Yes, I am. I can barbecue, yes. buddy. I, I, you know what? I'm struggling here, man, in Texas because I only have a gas barbecue right now. And I'm struggling. I'm used to having my green egg smoker and I don't have it. So I got to go get me one. But um, man, whew, they're expensive. I forgot how expensive they were. Oh, yes, they I left the one that I had there. And I mean, it was built into my my fire or into my barbecue area. But yeah. damn, I'm thinking, man, I wish I should have cut that thing out. <laughs> uh, but we'll figure it out. It'll be something. I, I got to get a smoker. Maybe, you know what, John, you might you might break me down. I might go get a trigger. Right. Might talk you right into that I trigger, baby. Trigger. I feel like it's cheating, John. It's just not That's the same. Not cheating? Che- Are you cooking? It's cheating. Are you cooking? I, Are you starting it that's up? That's not cooking. Are you putting John. the meat it inside? It does it for you. It's cheating. No, it does not put the meat inside for you, <laughs> and it does not start itself. 
Oh nope. man, it's so it's so <laughs> cheated. I just I, I don't know. I like to eyeball it. I like to you know I don't know. I just I like to know when I look at my meat. <laughs> that it's that it's ready. It's ready to be cooked. <laughs> yeah, we're talking uh, about his meat again. Yes, I right. am. And I, I got to quit playing with it, man. It's just a habit. I don't know what it is. Uh, but hey, before we get started, though, make sure you guys go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Look, I saw a lot of you guys in the comment section going, hey, because I talked about it last week. You guys go, hey, I just can't get down. I can't get down with the OnlyFans situation. You know, I don't want to see all that smut. I told you guys, man, if you guys okay. don't follow them, you don't follow whatever you think the smut is going to be, whoever it is, they don't show up on your timeline. And they're like, well, I can't, how am I going to explain that to my wife? Well, yeah, like, and that, let's be honest. That was one of the things when we talked to the people at OnlyFans, we said, look, you know, and they said, no, that is not how it works. I said, and we went through it because we were like, you know, and then someone's going to, you know, it can cause problems. Yeah. If you are there for fighters athletes the weighing in podcast that is all you yeah. will get on your feed nothing more yep. if you decide that you want to look at other things hey that's on you yeah. <laughs> there's nothing that's, we can do about that that's where we're at i can't control like your weaknesses right if you, you, you go. go out there and start subscribing to people that you shouldn't be subscribing to you're gonna or have to explain looking. that to your wife there you go you know but i mean like hey Bottom line is it doesn't come up on your feed. You won't have any of that just as a distraction. As long as you don't follow them, you follow us, you follow other fighters that are on there. There's a lot of fighters out there that are on there. I mean, you got AJ McKee, you got Luke Rockhold, you've got, um, uh, gosh, Jessica Penny, Jessica Penny. Yep. You got cyborg. You have so many. Yep. There's tons of them out there. Um, I know there's more coming as well. I believe Charles Oliveira is on there as well. Paige Van Zandt Paige will Van get Zandt. you in trouble. She, but yeah, but Paige Van Zandt also <laughs> does a really good pod with her, with her husband, Austin Vanderford. That's actually yep. pretty fun. Uh, look, as far as, I don't know if you want to go that far and follow, you know, but look, I, I actually enjoy their podcast. I was giving a little listen the other day. Uh, you know, they, they talk about their relationship, basically what it is and, and kind of how they hooked up and how they end up being together. And it's kind of, kind of fun stuff. They're actually Uncle a really, Chael. they're a really fun couple to actually be around and hang out with. They're fun to hang out with. So they're both good people. Yeah, they are very, they're both of them are very good people, but Hey, yeah. but to subscribe to us, follow us over at onlyfanscom slash Wayne. And want to thank you guys so much for your support. I think we've got about 600, maybe a little bit more or a little bit less somewhere in that range though of, uh, subscribers over there. Thank you guys. I've been trying to drop more content. I was off in California this weekend enjoying the 70-degree weather. And uh, it was nice, but I had to get home. I didn't get home until about 2 a.m. because some flights were delayed leaving out of um, uh, SNA. Uh, John Wayne. Left out of John Wayne. About 45 minutes delayed. Then we got into Salt Lake a little delayed. But then I was on the same plane, so I had to. I don't understand this. When you're on the same plane, why do you have to get off and get back on? I don't get that. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't they clean up maybe they have, yeah, they have to clear they have to clear everybody off of that plane do a check and inspection on the plane and then they put you back on but if you were smart and you flew american no. out of john wayne it's a direct flight yes yeah, dfw this is true this is true but I, you know i enjoy you don't go to utah i enjoy my delta club and the kids enjoy all the free americans food got cookies. a club yeah you know it's just not as good they got cookies uh, do they have soft yogurt Soft serve? No, nah. no they do not. Not that I can, no, they don't. They do not. Oh. All right. Well, hey, uh, let's go ahead and get into these fights, man. Let's go. Let's start off with the UFC. UFC Strickland versus Duplessis. Josh. Yes. Can I just say I'm 
make a comment real quick before we get into the fight. So, uh, so we're, there's obviously a lot of fight announcements that came out uh, in the last day here. Um, and actually, while we're recording right now, there was just major news broke about fight. So I want to, but we are going to record that separately from this podcast. Mm-hmm. So make sure you guys have the subscribe subscribed and all that. I'll let Josh kind of run through that, but um, just the separate clips. Can you yeah. say that subscribe subscription thing one more time? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and clarify. There was a lot of people in the comments said that you guys liked how we did the show last week. And what we did last week was we are breaking down the fights directly um, on this main channel right now. On the main channel, but on the main show. Okay, and then we will take the news of the fight announcements and we will bundle them sometimes together depending on the, how big the fight announcement is. And sometimes we won't bundle them. If it's a big fight and we know we have plenty to talk about to get us to that 10 minute mark, kind of the 15 minute mark, we will make that a separate clip because we want to have broken up clips and things for you guys to listen to throughout the week. And so we're dropping as many, dropping as many shows as we can for you guys throughout the week. So that will be a separate clip. There will be plenty of stuff to talk about and we will make sure that those separate clips show up on our main channel. So all you guys got to do is hit that subscribe button. Also hit the little bell and the notifications as well as the thumbs up. So you guys get notified when our show drops. I want to thank you guys for always following us. I see you guys in the comments didn't realize that you guys had to go back and watch the the short clips because you thought it was part of the main show. No, no, no. <laughs> We've got to, like, we know that the beginning part of this year is going to be so much going on. Like I said, Bellator and PFL are talking about announcing their next two to four shows uh, coming up hopefully in the next couple of days. So if we get that, that'd be amazing. That's gonna be plenty to talk about in terms of Josh, you, you, fights. You really you got you got to turn that around though. Let's just be honest. We were on that team. That team got bought. It's the PFL and Bellator. It's oh, not Bellator. Okay, okay. Just for, force a habit. Force, <laughs> force a habit. <laughs> so, but the bottom line is, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fights and annou- fight announcements coming up. Some great fights that were announced coming up for uh, the first champ versus champ in pfl and bellator so i'm excited to talk about that later on and um let's go ahead and get right into the ufc ufc 297 strickland versus duplessis man you talk about just stepping out in my opinion coming out that your first pay-per-view of the calendar year of 2024 and man i'll tell you what this has got some good fights on it there's a lot of things that are kind of laying under you know, the, the radar, but man, there's some good fights. You got Arnold Allen taking on Evaloff in this. That's mm-hmm. a great matchup. That is fantastic. You got, you know, Raquel Pennington go- looking for her second opportunity at the Bantamweight title, taking on Bueno Silva. That's a great matchup. You know, two contrasting sp- styles, really, because mm-hmm. Raquel's really more of a stand-up, throw-heavy-hands, banger Silva can do it all. She's good on the ground, and she's got power in her hands. So I look at this. I think it's a it's a great fight card, and I love the matchup between Sean Strickland and DDP, and they've already kind of, you know, crossed the line a little bit, you know, the whole thing. But, hey, as long as they keep it about each other, you know, there's nothing, that, you know, I'm going to say bad about either one of them. But I think the matchup is way better than what people are giving it from what I've been hearing from certain people and everything. I think Sean Strickland is definitely got his ways of winning this fight. DDP definitely has his ways of winning this fight. It's a toss up. You can sit there and say, Oh no, man, you know what? Strickland's going to take him. No, no. Duplessis is going to take, you don't know because one of them has never been five rounds. One of them has been five rounds a lot and goes and does better 
in a five round fight than he does in a three round fight. He's the champ now. I don't care what you say when you put that belt on. Normally, that fighter gets just a little bit better. He's a little bit tougher. Speak for yourself, man. I know exactly who's going to win. If you guys want to know the odds, I know the odds. And I, my odds are 100% <laughs> that Sean Strickland's going to win this fight. All right. <laughs> I like that. No, look, I like that. I got to be honest, though. After what Sean did to Izzy on the feet, and I know that uh, Drickus is a way different fighter. Stylistically, they are completely different. Izzy and Drickus are completely different. One is more of a bully. Yes. One will walk you down, throw big shots. He will take a shot, give a shot. All of those things he does very well. He can take a shot. He can deliver a he's shot. He's got a chin. He's got a chin. He is enormous. I don't know if you saw those grappling videos that he just I, I just saw was released, where he, he tapped out like five of the uh, Gracie guys or four of them and then beat one in the finals by uh, points. But he beat five of them, I believe. I don't know if Dave can pull that up. But four of them by submission. And so his grappling is a lot better than people are giving him credit for. The problem I think that people are seeing with him is that he doesn't do it with a whole lot of style. Do you understand no. what I'm saying? Like it's very, it's very open. He's open to get hit. He is, um, he's a little wild, little crazy. He doesn't he's aggressive. Mind. Yeah, he, he's, he's aggressive. He's, he's aggressive. And so those are the things that I think he's going to have a hard time with. Or Sean stays very composed. He see, he stays very true to his technique. And yes. so, in that being said, I think that's where I think that's where Sean's going to be able to excel. And that first round is going to be a very telltale in terms of how hard does Drick is push knowing that it's a five-round fight. Does he fight wild and crazy, or does he not? That's going to be a concern, I think, for um, for people that are supporting Drickus. Because if he doesn't stay composed, John, he could end up gassing himself out. We've seen him do before, though, in the How second. How many times have you seen him gas himself out? A couple times. A couple times. Yeah. Which tells you what? That he's got to fight a different fight this time. you got to fight smarter or else in that type of five-round championship fight, the nerves are going to be a little bit more. The pressure is going to be a little bit more. And all of those things tend to drain your gas tank just a little bit more. So you need to be prepared. And I'm not saying that he's not in shape. He is in shape. Yeah. But he has got a Michael Chandler style of I go. I say that. I go, and I and and that's the way Duplessis is, and it's worked for him. But it's always going to come up against that person that oh, it's a little bit different, and oh, they accept the pressure a little bit better, and oh, they return things a little bit better, and it just doesn't come as easy, and then all of that starts to build up against you. Like I said, Duplessis here. Here's the here's the difference in the way I look at the style. Duplessis throws a lot of wide looping shots. He throws big, heavy shots. He wants to hurt you with everything he hits you with. And he does kick the legs well. But the one thing you'll notice out of Strickland, Strickland uses the Philly shell as his kind of basic stand-up, but he doesn't blade like a boxer would with the Philly shell. He keeps his body fairly square, which is unusual. It's difficult for someone to do correctly, but it allows Sean to deal with the kicks that are coming his way from fighters because he doesn't really have a lead leg sticking way out. And so he's able to deal with someone trying to kick. And when they try to kick, he automatically counters. Mm -hmm. It is just his style. And it's like, you want to try to kick at me, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you every time that you try to kick. And then it tends to slow people down from doing that. This is, it could go to the ground. Like you said, DDP's got a good ground game. Sean Strickland's got a good ground game. Sean Strickland is no fool on the ground. 
He doesn't like to be there. He doesn't want to be there, but he can be, and he can take care of himself, and he's very good at getting himself back to his feet. Duplessis is very good at mauling people and manhandling them on the ground, so we're going to see that contrast of which one is it. Is it DDP that can get that takedown and keep him there, or does Sean Strickland do what he normally does, and that's get himself back to where he's in that stand-up? Well, Johnny Evelyn made it very clear that Strickland, he can take him down, but he's like yeah. holding him down is a different story. It's different. He's very good at establishing his base and building himself back up when you don't think he is, when you don't think he can. He's like, no, I'm sitting him to his hip. As soon as I sit him to his hip, boom, he's able to base himself back up and one leg starts standing up and he starts working his way up the fence, whatever it is. He's like, I'm, to me, Johnny Evans, one of the best in the game, if not the best 85 pounder in the world right now. And he's really good at making the exchanges from the stand-up to the to the wrestling. And when he gets on top, he's good at controlling the positions and making you work and hanging on you. The thing is, though, the difference between what I look at Johnny Eblen and his wrestling, he's more of a traditional style wrestler where Drickus is somebody that will maul you. He's like, yeah. he, he's not, obviously, I'm not going to try to compare him into Habib. But what I'm going to say is that he <laughs> no, no, Habib no. likes to say like that maul, I want to maul you like bear. I want to maul you. I'm going to smash yeah, you. I'm going to smash you. I want to control he, you. But, but and here's the difference. I think you're right. He's very Habib-like in that he does smash people on mm -hmm. the ground, but he doesn't do it with the technique no. that Habib does it. He does it with strength and power. Mm -hmm. His physical size, I think, is going to be a problem for Strickland if it does hit the ground. Being able to hook sweep him or elevate him a little bit so you can dig your underhooks and start to work your way back up is going to be a problem if this fight hits the ground, if Strickland's on bottom. But I think on the feet, if Strickland can avoid in the first round and a half, avoid the big shot in the first round and a half, I think he's got a good chance of just coasting through, not coasting, I shouldn't say that, but he's got a good <laughs> chance no, no coast, yeah. of picking and choosing his shots, making him defend the take or making him to uh, work for the takedowns if he does try and just snipering him. Just boom, small shots, bat, bat. Kind of what he did with Izzy where he, he didn't overcommit on anything. He touched him, hit him with the jab, snapped his head back. It made him realize, okay, look, I'm there to be hit. Now I got to move my head here and here where Sean knows what the answer is. Every time you move here and move there, he's used to it because he has a very simple game, a very simple complex. It's very complex as well, but it's a very simple game for him to just touch you with the jab, touch you with the jab, and then he sees which way you keep dipping, and then he hits you with the right hand or he hits you with the uppercut. He does whatever it is. He baits you into where he wants you to go. He doesn't look like the when you listen to Sean talk, talk John, People are like, man, this dumb country kid, this da-da-da. He's a very smart fighter when he is out there. Oh, he yeah. knows exactly what he is doing. And so I don't I don't want people to overlook Sean. I know that it's hard to say that now that he did what he did to Izzy. But Drickus is one of those guys that can actually bully him around the cage and land big shots and potentially put him away and even try to bully him into easy takedowns or get a takedown to control that top position and maul him like a bear. So there's ways that Drickus can do it. It's a matter of how Sean can defend it in the first two rounds. Because if he gets, starts getting taken down early or he starts taking big shots early, it starts changing the game. Like how Sean changed the game with uh, Izzy in the first round. When he dropped him, the fight changed after that. The fight yeah. was a completely different fight after that. Yeah, I look at it. I think uh, both of them have, if, if you're going to look at it, there's game plans for both of them to look at that were successful in moments. It's to me, if you're, if you're in Strickland's corner, you're saying, Hey, I don't care about winning the first round. 
I care about making him work in the first round. I don't care about even winning the second round. But from then on, we're going to start to take over. And we're as soon as he starts to show a little bit of fatigue, oh, we're going to step on the gas a little bit harder. And I want you to just make it to where he is in the position of going, I can't maintain this volume. I can't maintain this pace. And as soon as that crosses his mind, it's a different fight. But now if you go back and watch, and I'm sure the Duplessis has, go back and watch what Alex Pereira did against Strickland. He used body shots. He used body shots to set up that beautiful left hook that ended up putting Strickland down. And if Duplessis is smart, he's going to look towards those body shots. And the real thing that most people, they will not go after the body shot with Strickland because his hands are not that high. And they're like, eh, his body's protected. Let me go after the head. Well, Alex showed, nope, go after the body. The body will allow you to get to the head even better. And there's all kinds of different you know ways to look at this fight. I think that the ability of Sean Strickland to maintain and control where the fight will be if he can do that and he can push Duplessis doesn't have to be in the first round doesn't even have to be in the start of the second round but somewhere in that second round Duplessis starts to be on his back foot look out fight's going to start to change directions and it's going to start going in Strickland's way Duplessis has the power to hurt him no doubt about it and he look at just his fight with Robert Whitaker should tell everyone the guy's good. Yeah. The guy's good. He can fight and he is tough. He will take a shot to give a shot, like you said, which makes him dangerous. It does. But I think with when I look at Robert Whitaker, he's a very traditional style stand up guy. Jab, jab, right hand, kick, kick, yeah. right hand, jab. Sean Strickland's not that way. Okay, he's a kind of a conventional boxer style, but he has a couple little kicks he likes to throw here and there. But MMA guys are not used to dealing with someone that does the Philly shell and then boxes off of that as well as Sean does, as well as Bobby Green does. Bobby Green's made say, it. A there's re- only there's only two that actually make it successful. Yep. And they've and he's had and Bobby's had another successful run or at least a resurgence because it's a style that people are just not used to dealing with, and that's in a lighter weight class when Bobby's getting older. Now yeah. Sean is fighting in probably, and I keep saying I'll say this. It's not as technically sound and as deep as the lightweight division is. No. It's like Bobby no. have to deal with. Those guys are just a little bit more technically sound everywhere. Drickus is tough. He's a bully. He needs to be a bully in this fight, but he's also got to fight in spurts. He cannot, af- he cannot afford to fight like a Michael Chandler or like he normally does. He needs to fight in spurts. Pick and choose his moments because Sean is going to try to push him around with his cardio. He's going to make yeah. him work in positions that he – doesn't want to work. And that's where Sean's advantage lies. And for somebody who fought very similar my whole career, is I understood that my cardio was a weapon and I had to push you to the point of breaking you. That was the only way I was going to get a lot of wins. Sean Strickland is, Sean Strickland is so relaxed out there that it's not only just his cardio, but it's his relaxation of understanding, like, I don't need a whole lot of movement. I need to make you miss just a tiny bit while you're exerting the energy and I'm not doing much. It's really that Floyd Mayweather type, just slightly out of your range, make you miss, make you pay, or make you miss, period, and then create an angle and then reattack. so you have to adjust. If he can do that, which I think he can, 
I think he's going to have a successful night. It's just that first round and a half to two rounds. I'm going to probably say Drickus may be able to snatch that out if he lands big shots. And the fight may Good. change if Drickus does land those big shots because will yeah. Sean fight the same way he fought Izzy? Because had Sean got dropped in the first round, would he have fought the rest of the fight the way he did? We would never know. Because I know the fight changed once he dropped Izzy. The last thing I sure. wanted to ask you, though, John, was this. How much of this is a mental fuck for Sean Strickland? Because he's been on a bunch of podcasts lately and he keeps talking about it. Like it's still in his head. Can he turn it off like Leon Edwards did? We're going to find out. It, it's a question that you can't answer until the fight's over. And people will be using that either, either as an excuse of, well, look at man. He was unable to fight in an intelligent fashion like he did against Izzy. He let his emotions get out there. He tried to hurt him too often. He made mistakes based upon it. We're going to hear it. Or we're going to hear, see, that's why Sean Strickland is so tough. You can have all that crap. You can think you got under skin. And he just goes out there and systematically breaks you down and beats you up. That's what we're going to find out. It's Because it is the question of, you know, has he gotten too emotional? I'm being honest when I look at it and say, when you're a, a seasoned professional fighter, you can get mad about things, but you know the moment you step in the cage, relax, let the fight come to me, and I'm just going to touch you. And I think that Sean Strickland is wise enough and definitely veteran enough to not let the bullshit get to him. I hope so. I want to see a good fight. This is all the <laughs> yes. stuff that shaped up, Doesn't like everyone. how this all led up into the trash talk as well as the fight in the stands. I know it's not what you and I want to see from our athletes. Uh, it kind of nope. taints it a little bit. But I will say that it actually made this fight to me a little bit more interesting. It did. Like, I thought it was going to be a good fight, but now I have this curiosity is killing me right now. I want to know if Sean's going to be able to bury that because like he was, well, on, it, he was on Theo Vaughn. He got pretty emotional. And then he yeah, was talking he, he to did. somebody else the other day. And I think it was Helen and saying how, you know, if Drick says anything in the press conference, he's going to stab him. I'm like, let's calm down. But like, it's like, look, let's go ahead. We're both going to punch each other in the face, but let's keep this to a, let's keep the trash talk that way to a minimum. You, you can look at it. You can look at it and say, all right, I've seen Drickus twice now. Twice, you know, basically two times in a row and, and both of them were in his fights. When, when Izzy got in the cage after Drickus beat Bobby Whitaker, you saw right away. It wasn't the champ that was cool, calm, and collected. It was DDP. Yeah. He was the one that was saying the little snippets that were irritating and getting to Izzy and making Izzy over-respond. And then we saw him have the same you know, effect on Strickland. So obviously he's pretty damn good at getting under your skin. I don't know if it has to do with you know, just the South African accent or what, but he's <laughs> good at making people get mad and you know that's good for him if he can get it to where strickland actually changes his you know mindset changes his output changes his fighting style then that's what all that talk is for it's you know why, why is it why is it in the movies it's always the guy with the accent that fucking is i don't the know bad it's guy. true though <laughs> it's the bad think guy. about it just just go it's go true. go back you remember uh Remember Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson? Oh yeah, right. And yeah. it was, you know, the, there was this. They had the second one, I think it was, with it the was. South Africans yep. and the Krugerrands and stuff. And it mm -hmm. was, you know, 
diplomatic community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just wanted to smack him. So true. Man, uh, the girl that was on that was smoking hot. hot. She had short hair. That's when, I, hot. that's when I started loving women with short hair. I was like, oh, she's so hot. <laughs> smoking hot. Yeah. Never saw her again. No, she I never heard from her again. Yeah. Well, you, you never heard from her the first time. Oh, me. come on. Oh. You, you cut me deep, Shrek. You cut me real deep. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's go ahead and go into that co-main event. How are you looking at this one? I know. I think I know you're a Rocky fan. Yes, I know I am. you're a Rocky fan. Yeah. And I believe that you're leaning towards Raquel Pennington in this fight. Yep. And I'm leaning towards Buena Silva. Yep. Tell me why I'm wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Look, I understand why. I think uh, Bueno Silva is, she's that one that is, this is her first opportunity. This is her chance to get to that top. Like she's been, now she's been there, but she's yeah. been, like this is her, I guess it's hard to stop that rise of confidence when they're coming on so strong. Whereas Raquel Pennington's been there. Now she's trying to read, to do it again. I feel like it's always harder to reestablish yourself that second time. And she's had a lot of emotions, I think, going through her and Tisha Torres have a baby now. And there's a lot. But maybe she's more focused. Maybe she understands what the purpose is. I can't say what it is. I feel like the first time for Raquel Penning, there was so much pressure on this, this whole, that situation. I think right now it's like that relaxation of knowing that no matter what, I'm going to go home. I have my wife. I have my baby. I, there's something to be said about that, that you still, no matter what, have those people at home that love you and care about you. Um, there was a, the player from uh, one of the football team uh, just last weekend, God, or the Colts, the guy who dropped the ball to get the first down. He yeah. go, he sends out a text or a, a tweet that, and he goes, I'm going to head on home. He's like, those are the, probably the only people that still love me right now of all of Indianapolis. <laughs> right now, I think he was right. But and so but that, that's what sports are about. Realize that. It's those yep. moments. It's those moments of like, look, I got to get home to my mama and my, and my wife and whatever it is. Because those are the people that will, will that, that still love me, you know, in this moment right now. And I think with Ra Raquel Pennington, she's in a good place in her life. I think the first time probably was a little bit too soon, too much, too fast. I think this time she's uh, probably a little bit more well-established. It's going to be a very tough fight, John. But I think if she becomes rocky, she becomes a bully. She gets in there and presses Buenos Silva to the fence, gets a takedown or two, and just grinds on her and hangs on her. I think she's got a good chance of getting this win. I'm rooting for her, so I think my bias is coming through a little bit. But I think that's really what it comes down to. I think I'm going that direction because I'd like to see some of the <coughs> older fighters kind of make their have seize this opportunity of winning. Have the title. that moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look, I I've always liked Raquel Pennington. You know, since the moment the moment I watched her first when she was fighting in Invicta, I said, you know what, she's fun to watch. She's tough. She just comes forward, and you know. They said her nickname and it was Rocky. I said, well, that fits, you know, and that was a long time ago. And you know, I've watched her for all these years, but I look at it and it really comes down to the simple fact that I see Raquel with one viable route to victory, where I see Silva with multiple viable routes to victory. And I don't think that uh, Silva has more power in her hands than Rocky, but she's got good power in her hands mm -hmm. and she's hurt ladies uh with her stand-up she's got good kicks she's got good wrestling she's got good jujitsu good submission game she's a well-rounded fighter and at this point when just looking at them in their careers she's the one that i'm looking and saying she doesn't have quite the experience of raquel pennington 
but she does have youth on her side. She is younger as far as, you know, age-wise, not a ton, but she's also had recently a lot of success to make her realize I can fight with anybody. And I I look at it and it's a, it's a good fight and either lady can win it. I just look at more, there's more routes to victory for Bueno Silva. And that's why I think she's going to take it. I can't deny any of that, John. I can't. And, you know, I would like to sit here and pitch an argument that could say otherwise, but I'm the, I'm leaning more towards being biased. I like Rocky. Yeah, okay. I like I like Raquel Pennington. I don't um, blame you. You know, Bueno Silva to me is um she's a very talented fighter. The hardest part will be for Raquel Pennington is that she's not a very active fighter because as you get older, you're not as, as you're not as active. You don't want to be in there as much because you don't want to go through the training camps as much. You want to stay consistently training, always trying to get a little bit better. But you also don't want to fight all the time and throw yourselves into training camps because those are the ones that bang you up and beat you up is the training. It's not the fight. The fight's the fun part. The fight's when you know you're going to get paid. Those are that, that fight week and all those things. Like you're waiting, you're chomping at the bit to get in there. With Bueno Silva, she is somebody right now is, who's been active, not just active, but she is conf- confidence is key. And we continue to talk about how important confidence is. And she has nothing but confidence knowing that, hey, I'm here now to fight for the title and I've been on a run. So I agree with you in, in those, all those things. But like I said, I'm letting my bias come through a little bit. I think that Raquel's going to, I think if she can bully her around, kind of try to put her in her place and like dictate where this fight goes, press her to the fence, be grimy and dirty and make her understand, make Bono Silva understand, this is not a normal fight. I'm not going to let you stand on the outside and pick me apart. I'm not going to let you try to clinch me when you want. I'm not going to let you do those things. I'm going to grind on you. I'm going to hang on you. I'm going to, I'm going to do what Cain Velasquez did to Dos Santos, not Dos Santos, Dos Santos. We got yeah. two of them mixed up. <laughs> Different weight classes. <laughs> uh, but I think it's gonna I think it's gonna end up being a better fight than we think. Yeah, look, I, I look at it and it's uh it's one of those, you know, I, her last fight, I know it was overturned, but she beat Holly Holm. Let's just be mm-hmm. honest. Okay. You know, the people that she's been fighting, and it's not that you know, it's been like, oh my god, look at that. But Lena Landsberg, all those. She's dominated the people she was supposed to dominate. And that means, you know, a lot of when I watch a fighter, it's like, oh, you're not just taking it easy. You're going after somebody that you should be able to get rid of and you are getting rid of them and stuff. I just look at it right now. It's her time. But Raquel Pennington, like you said, she's awesome. I love her as a fighter. I love, you know, Tisha Torres. You know, I've done other, I've done things with her. She's a fantastic person. They got a great family. If she wins it, it's like the cherry on top. Yep, that's a great thing, and and it would be great to see that. John, these next three fights to me, I, I can't pick which one I want to see more. I know the Arnold oh, Allen and, and Evalon fight can. is the one probably that you're yeah. you're at the bit for. <laughs> you know, I'm between the Curtis and Chris uh, Chris Curtis and how do you say his last name Barrio. Yeah, Marc-Andre Barrio. Yeah, I mean, that fight to me is going to be a banger. But let's first start oh, off with Neil Magny and Mike Malott. You know, I look at this one, and, and Mike Malott has really shown a lot. And, you know, Mike Malott has shown a lot. That's pretty good. <laughs> well played. You know, obviously he's from Canada, but he has proved himself to be a damn good fighter. And he's going against a guy in Neil Magny. Let's just be honest. Neil Magny has been a fantastic fighter throughout his career. But he's slowing down. He's it's he's not quite the same guy. 
And I think the UFC is looking at it like, well, let's see you get past somebody who is got good stand-up. He's got good cardio. He's got a good ground game. Not the greatest wrestler in the world, but he can take people down. But let's see what you do with him. And I want to see that you, that you can put on the performance in your you know country against a guy who's always going to be there. He's never going to quit. And I look at it, it's a good fight. But it's a fight, in my opinion, that is set up for Mike Malott to win this fight. Yeah, it's set up for him to get a win in Canada. That's what he's set yeah. up for. You know, and it's like, yep. hey, let's see if you can rise to the top. Can we start to make you a Roy McDonald, a GSP? Can we start putting money behind you? This is that telltale for the UFC. Absolutely. Let's not pretend like the UFC doesn't know what they're doing. They know exactly like when they've got it. He's good looking. He's got a good look to him. He fights yep. his ass off. He's yep. very unorthodox. Ten and one. Yeah, 10 and 1, he fights his ass off. He's somebody that he lets it all hang out there. He doesn't fight conservative. He sometimes takes chances that he shouldn't take, but that's what they want to see. They want to see if you're yeah. going to try to make an, a boring fight an exciting fight, and he does that. He's fun to watch. I think, though, and I agree with you, Neil Magny is kind of a little bit on the plateau, if not maybe a little bit on the decline. Yeah. That being said, John, this is, this is a dangerous fight for Mike Malai. Just stylistically, it's a dangerous fight because – Somebody like a Neil Magny, most fighters are not used to dealing with that tall, long, and lanky type body frame. And the push kick, the long jab, the combinations, the clinch, the knee comes up the middle. Mike Malott and Neil Magny are different. How, how tall is Mike Malott, by the way? And how tall He's is Neil one, Magny? I believe. So Mike six, Malott's 6'1". Six, six, one. One. Yeah. That extra so, two like, inches he, in the clinch is a big deal. Yeah, it is. I'm not saying – it's just normally when you're when you're used to being – either the taller guy in the fight, or at least, you know, it's, you know, you're the same height mm -hmm. going against someone who's a little bit taller. It's a little bit different, yeah. you know, and Neil does absolutely utilize the clinch and a Muay Thai plum very well to bring these up the middle. No doubt about it, but there is a, a distinct difference in the direction of where this, their careers are going. Mike Malott right now is getting better and better and better with every, you know, fight where Neil Magny we've seen for years. Like I said, I love him as a fighter, but he's not getting better as a fighter. No. In fact, you're seeing he's having more difficulties in certain areas based upon not being able to take the same kind of shots, you know, different, you know, things are affecting him a little bit more, not able to control the fight like he was in the past. And that all has to do with you're getting older. You know, and I think this is like I said, you know, the, the next fight we're going to talk about is the complete opposite for the UFC as far as why they're putting this Canadian in this fight, in this position of that main card. And I think, you know, they're doing the right thing and they're trying to take Mike Malott and get another solid Canadian fighter, someone they can rely on to possibly headline cards up in Canada and get people to buy seats. That's what they're looking out of this fight with Mike Malone. Yeah. They're looking for, they're looking to look, we know they're looking for someone who can try to electric electrify the crowd right before yeah. the, the two main car fights come on. And, but I feel like Neil Magny is a hard person to do it. Again. It's a hard person to have an yeah, exciting good fight you. against. It's very difficult to have a great fight against Neil Magny because he's of his reach, his range, all of those things. They're just problems, John. Like there was guys. Go ahead. Dave, do me a favor. Pull up Neil Magny's record real quick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. 
I, I've just I've trained with guys that were six three, six four, and one hundred and fifty five pounds, and John they were not good, but they were they were decent. I shouldn't say they weren't good; they were decent, but they were a pain in the ass. It didn't matter what it was; they're just difficult to deal with. So giving somebody like Neil Magny to Mike Malott on a big stage like this, it, it's difficult to make it a, an exciting fight. He's going to have to take chances, and that could leave him out of position. It's I would have liked to have seen them choose somebody a little bit different that could bring a little bit more of the fight out of him where it could have been a back and forth. This is going to be a very, he's going to have to fight a very safe fight, not get clipped or not get, and make a mistake. Because Neil Magny can fight this fight on the ground. He can fight it on the feet. I don't think on the ground is good for him, but I'm saying that he's not bad on the ground. He's really good at using his hook oh, no, he's good his on elevator. The you know, um, he's got those long skinny arms to get in for guillotines and, and the, the front rear nakeds, all of those things are available to him because of his body style. So yeah. it's, it's just not one of those fights that you would think like, hey, this is who we want you to fight. We know he's, he's a difficult fight for everyone, and people have to generally fight him boring to get a win. And we're going to put you now in Canada where you're your home from, where you're, where you're from, and hopefully you put out a great performance. Ah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> That's tough. But it is tough. Look, but these are the, these are the moments that the UFC consistently creates saying, are you going to be the person that's going to step up? Are you going to be the person that we think you are? Because there's only one reason that he is now in this position. They, they watched his last fights and they said, you know what? He could be that guy. And we're going to have to, we're going to have him take on someone that we know is tough. We know is a good all around fighter. And you can take a look at Neil Magny, you know, and just the fights that he had, you know, yes, he he lost to Shavkat. Okay. So is everybody else. Okay. Everyone's been finished by him. That's just the way it is. He comes back and he beats a Daniel Rodriguez. Now, the problem with that fight, when I look at it is, I look at Mike Malott. Mike Malott has a well-rounded game. Daniel Rodriguez, I love as a fighter. Tough dude. Good stand-up but not a well-rounded game. He's not a guy that you have to worry about taking to the ground and being on the ground with. He's looking to knock you out on the feet. And Neil Magny takes him and then goes to Gilbert Burns. Well, Gilbert Burns is in the top five in the damn welterweight division, and he gets submitted you know, by Gilbert Burns. Okay, then he comes back, Philip Rowe. Philip Rowe's tough. Split decision win, but then Ian Gary is the guy that I'm going to look at and say, Mike Millat is very much like Ian Gary. He is good in the stand-up, probably better on the ground than Ian Gary, very strong, physically gifted, maybe not as tall as Ian Gary, so it doesn't match up quite the same with there. But if I'm looking at this, I look at Neil Magny's last opponent in Ian Gary, and I go, Mike Malott, very similar in mm. styles. And I watched that fight, and let's be honest, Ian Gary had a very clean win against Neil Magny in that fight, so... Very true. Very true. Ian Gary's a little bit tighter with his stand-up than Mike Malott, but Mike Malott yes. will, will wrestle a little bit more. He's physically yeah. strong like an Ian yeah. Gary. I think, and he will, I think, I think Ian Gary, not Ian Gary, sorry, I think Mike Malott will eventually at some point try to take this fight to the ground. He will and dominate no that doubt top about position. It. I agree. So it should be a good fight though. Yeah. Next fight. But this is the fight. <laughs> if you're going to look, I see that. And I look at this, you know, like Mark Andre Barrio, I enjoy as a fighter because he goes out to fight. Man, he throws down. He just, he's tough. He'll take big shots. He's been hurt. He's been put away. And 
the action man Chris Curtis is the guy to to meet that perfectly. I think these guys are going to walk out into the center and they're going to do a little bit of touch, 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 and one of them is going to land and the other is going to say, oh, no, mm. and it's just going to start. They're going to start setting their feet and throwing bombs at each other and someone's going to get hurt. Yeah, and I just I just look at this. This is going to be a fun fight. It's going to be action packed in the stand up, and someone is going to end up getting put on their butt and put out. I think this fight's going to come down to can Barrio take what Chris Curtis has to give in the first round, round and a half, and then can Chris Curtis suck it up and get through the storm of Barrio coming on in rounds two and a half all the way through three. Because Mark Andre is going to push the action, push the pace, get in his face, and not going to stop coming forward. And no, how- and he will absolutely take one to give one. Yes, but can he take Chris Curtis's shot in that first round and a half? Is where I'm at right now. Chris Curtis True. will tend to slow down as the fight goes on. He carries a lot of muscle for such a small body guy. Yeah. He's, you know, he's he's not he's very thick. tall. He's thick. He's got yeah. big shoulders. Got a lot of muscle on him. He carries a lot of muscle. So I think. As the fight goes on, he still has that power and can be dangerous at any moment, but he does tend to slow down with his output by around a round and a half by the end of the second round. Whereas Mark Andre is going to keep pushing, going to keep pushing forward. He's going to be careless. He's going to be reckless. He's going to try to you know, throw the knees up the middle. He's going to try to clinch you and hang on you and throw big shots, throw in some elbows, do all of those things is what he's going to try to do. And so it, it makes for a very fun fight, John. When I was looking at the main card, I started thinking, I'm like, man, they put this fight right at the right spot, enough to really get people motivated. Because let's be honest, Arnold Allen and uh, Evolev could end up being where Evolev ends up taking him down and controlling the top position. It could be kind of a boring fight. It could be. Could be. I'm not saying it will be. No, it could be. But it could be. And that being your opening fight, I think, for the night is what it would be, correct? And then you end up with Chris Curtis and and Marc-Andre Barrio basically having to, to reignite the crowd. But I yeah. like the idea of of this fight being number two because if that fight, the first fight ends up being a snoozer, then you know, like at least you know you have backup. But if it ends up being a, a barn burner, like Arnold Allen likes to fight, if he can keep this fight on the feet, I think he's got a good chance of getting a win there too. But it makes for two good fights if it ends up happening. Let's talk about Arnold Allen and um and Evelov. What do you think? Well, just like you said, I like Evelov has lived off of the fact that he can out wrestle just about everyone that he competes against. He's going to have a hard time out wrestling Arnold Allen. I'm not saying he's not the better wrestler, but it's MMA wrestling. And Arnold Allen is very good with his MMA wrestling. He's very difficult to take down. He makes you work very hard for it. And he ends up landing shots and doing damage to you while you're attempting to get him down. And then when you finally decide, okay, it's not going to work for me. I'm exiting out. Arnold Allen is outstanding at leaving you with something to remember as far as why you don't want to do that again. And that is the key to beating Evelov in this fight. There's a reason Evelov is 17-0. But Arnold Allen was right there, too. He's 19-2 and now. He had the loss against Max Holloway was his last loss. And you take a look, and I think he learned a lot in that fight he learned that hey there's times when you've got to just go because he did that in the fifth round and man he made a fight out of it in that fifth round and it was beautiful to see a guy just say i'm going and he did and that's against max holloway 
you just don't do that with Max. And he won that round. It was just a beautiful output. He didn't do enough throughout the other four rounds, but he's got what it takes to make Evelov work hard. And we saw when Evelov fought uh, Diego Lopez, you know, that was a short notice fight for Lopez. Lopez gave him problems mm -hmm. in the beginning of that fight. Lopez put him in a lot of bad spots. Now, Evelov turned all of those eventually into his advantage. But Lopez definitely showed, oh, you know, on the ground, there's a lot of things that people can do. And Arnold Allen has that skill set. I think it's a terrific matchup. But you're right. It could end up being slow based upon it becoming a bit of a grappling match mm -hmm. and a lot of technique up against the cage and a lot of takedown attempts and not a lot being done by either guy that excites the crowd. Yeah, I think Arnold Allen's got to keep his back off the fence. He's got to keep his movement, lateral movement, left and right. He's got to stick those long arms right into his face. And he's got to keep maybe aim right below the chin to keep that chest loyal so he can't lower his level. Don't be aiming for the head where you can slip underneath and get the easy double leg or the single leg and then the takedown. I didn't, I'm not trying to curse this fight at all. I want to see a good fight. <laughs> But I can just see how do. I can see how Evelov ends up getting the top position and controlling the top position and without a lot of striking. I could even see a point where Arnold Allen could win this fight from being on the bottom. Because if I go back to the Lopez, the Lopes fight or Lopez fight, is that mm -hmm. Evelov didn't do a whole lot from the top either. And so no. that's why when people were talking about that fight and what kept Lopez on the on the fight card or on the uh uh, in the UFC was because he kept trying and trying to go for finishes and just wasn't able to get it. But it wasn't like Evelev looked great. It wasn't like he was having a great dominant performance. He was controlling the top position, but wasn't able to to do a whole lot of, uh, wasn't no, able he to was having problems. Yeah. He was having problems and issues there. And so there wasn't a lot of offensive output when he fought Lopez. Now with Arnold, Arnold's got to make sure that he keeps his back off the fence, keep the lateral movement, keep his back off the canvas. If he gets taken down, he's got to go to all fours and try to pop himself right back up. He's got to work on that full mat return. If I go up, I've got to come down on my all fours and right away I'm putting the hands on the hips or hands under the wrist control and trying to get myself back up. Hopefully he's taking a page out of what uh, Leon Edwards is doing because if he okay. ends up getting taken down early and if he ends up getting taken down often in that first round, this could be problem. just the downslide of that fight. It could end up being a boring fight. It sucks to say that because I, I like both fighters. But Arnold Allen's too dangerous for Evelov to be standing with for too long. He's got power in his hands. He's quick. He's explosive. And we saw in the Max Holloway fight when he fucking decides to pull the trigger. Man, he's dangerous. He's good. That's it. And he can let it go. He just chose not to in that fight. And I bet he's kicking himself in the ass. Like you said, oh, he yeah. learned a lot from that fight. I remember yep. Dana White came out after in the press conference and chew him a new one. Oh, man, if he would have just fought the whole fight that way. I don't know whose corner was in his corner, but should have done yeah. something to do a little bit more. You know, and I yeah. wish he would have fought the whole fight that way because it was that fifth round was was fantastic. He should have fought the whole fight that way. I wonder if he learned from that. But in the flip side of that, Max Holloway's not trying to take you down, buddy. <laughs> like nope. Evola is going to be trying to take you down. So you got to be a little bit more conservative with the striking, but aim maybe for the chest. You know, don't be afraid to throw the up kicks to the face, you know, or or don't be afraid to throw the push kick up the up the body to keep him loyal in his position so he doesn't lower his level. Uh, John is in the end of these prelims, any of these prelims you want to talk about? I know there's one. Oh, I do. yes. One of my favorites to watch Charles Jordan 
going up against Sean Woodson. That's a unique yes. individual. If you look at those guys, first off, Charles Dordain, dynamite stand-up fighter, very good ground game also, black belt in jiu-jitsu. The guy is good and fun to watch everywhere. Sean Woodson, incredibly tall, six foot three for the featherweight division. Jeez. Not that fast, though. Mm-mm. But he lands beautiful shots, great boxing, and very difficult to take down. Creates a lot of problems. You know, uses that length. You know, you talk about tall, long, and lanky, mm-hmm. dude. Well, Sean Woodson is your guy. I think that is going to light the place up. Somewhere in there, those guys are going to just let it go, and that's going to be a fun, entertaining fight. I agree with you. I was actually excited to talk about this fight because Sean Woodson seems like he's very hittable. But because he's so long, he's just slightly outside of the range. And no matter what, he still has a good chin. What's his one loss? I believe he got knocked out in his one loss, correct? Yeah. He, uh, Not Jordan. Sean Woodson. One up. It was in the UFC. Yeah, it was. I remember. Um, no, not the draw. Right there. Arosa. Yeah, Arosa. Oh, no, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't. I thought he got, maybe he got dropped then and he, he didn't got, he got choke. Um, but yeah, he's just someone that's difficult to deal with. He's mainly boxing centric, not a lot of kicking, occasional kicks here and there, maybe yep. occasional clinch and knee when you get in too deep. But no, he's be mainly all boxing. But Charles Jordan's gonna have to slip his head offline, gonna have to close that distance, fight him in a phone booth, but without getting need. He also can't be afraid to try to get this fight to the ground. But like I said with the Neo Magni fight, uh, with Mark uh Mike Malott, it's going to be difficult to lift and elevate and get this fighter to the ground. Getting the takedowns on those guys. On the double leg, you've got to lift or at least sweep the legs out. And it's so difficult when these guys have such a wide base against the fence. That's one. And two is to try and do it on, in, in the open mat is more difficult also because trying to lift them, yeah, it's hard because they're, they're still on their tippy toes. Either the single leg or the high crotch. Yeah. Very difficult because all of a sudden their foot's scraping the ground and it just takes and yep. it alters everything with that takedown it is it's a it's a tough go but if you're charles jordan you're gonna look and say i can be with this guy in the stand-up until all of a sudden things are just awkward and yep. that's what sean woodson is he he makes it it's awkward but he lands and he lands not with a ton of power all the time he throws just a volume and then decides okay i'm gonna be nick nate diaz now i'm gonna start Popping big shots. You and I are thinking of light tonight. I don't know if that's good or bad. Goddamn, a little scary, dangerous. Isn't it? A little dangerous. <laughs> uh, any other fights on here, buddy? Let me see. Scroll down. Uh, Scroll down. Yeah, you know you got. I really enjoy Jimmy Flick. He's a good, tough fighter. Malcolm Gordon, very tough fighter. It's starting off the card. It's a good one to do it with. But the one that I really want to say something about is Jasmine. Yes, Jasdevizius. She is a dynamite wrestler, and we've seen Priscilla Cochiera tough. Sometimes dirty. I'm just going to be <laughs> honest. Okay. Uh, but Jazz Divisius needs to use, utilize her wrestling, yeah. take this fight to the ground, maul her, and that's a that's a good matchup. Yeah, that should be a fun fight. I agree with you. I'm not too um, – I kind of like the the Robert Jillian Robertson and the uh, Pollyanna Viana fight as well. That should be a very fun fight back and forth. Um, I think the two female fights on this uh, card, though, I mean, outside of the the, the title fight. Championship, but, yeah. Yeah, the title fight. These two fights, they should be very action-packed. They should be 100% go, go, go. Um, looking forward to seeing these ladies throw down. I mean, John, this is a pretty damn good card. It is. Uh, you know, for your 79 bucks. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> you know, look, you look at it, and it's like, 
I don't know if it's worth my 79 bucks. But, yeah. You know, no, it's a good card. There's it really is. a lot of good fights, and it's, you know, just from the Jordan going up, you know, even Brad Katona, we didn't talk about him coming off of the tough, tough series. Look, he's a good fighter, but I think the Evaloff versus, you know, Arnold Allen, that's a, that should yeah. be a fantastic, technically, you know, great match. And then you can go all the way to, you know, the Neil Magny fight, great, but the, the Chris Curtis versus Mark Andre Barrio. I think that one's going to be gangbusters. It's going to be ganging right from the beginning. They're going to be standing, throwing down. There may be a little fill-out process for the first probably minute and a half, but bear with them because you know they're going to get the fireworks going. So, yep. Uh, all right, David, what else do you have for us? Are we going to move right into the Bellator talk? Yeah, we're going to wrap up the pod here. Oh, okay, okay, Dave. We're out. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap we're up out. this. We're going to wrap up this podcast, and we're going to do another one for you on the on the Bellator PFL uh, conversation. But hey, before we go, go to WayneAndMerch.com and pick up some of our hoodies, our sweaters. Obviously, it's cold in Tennessee. It's obviously oh. cold in Dallas. I'm in single digits still. I know you're probably. Are you close to single digits? Where are you at? We're zeros. Oh, you're zero. Oh, you're zeros. No, I'm at zero. Man. Man, yeah, that's, that's, it's that's, just ice everywhere. That's disgusting. Ice, ice baby. <laughs> that's, that's oh, it's disgusting. horrible. <laughs> uh, we go to WayneAndMerch.com, pick up some of our hoodies and our sweaters, our hats and our beanies. All that stuff is available there at WayneAndMerch.com. Also, hit that subscribe button down there. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the little bell notifications. We'll be dropping plenty of shows this week and next week coming up. There's plenty of the news to talk about. It's going to be fireworks coming up this next three, two to three months. So make sure you guys hit that little bell notification and thumbs up. Tell us in the comments what you liked about the show. Tell us what you didn't like about it. Keep it positive, guys. Come on. Let's not be mean. <laughs> All right, guys. And John, take us away, bud. Hey, for everyone out there, I hope you tune in to that pay-per-view card with UFC. It should be fantastic. Sean Strickland against DDP. What more do you want? We will see you.